For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Rick Hoyt is a quadriplegic. Uh, he was born with cerebral palsy, um, but Rick Hoyt loves running. Problem is, he can't run. Uh, pretty early in his life, his dad, uh, Dick, had discovered Rick's love of running. And so his dad bought a special running wheelchair and began um, running with his son, Rick. And the two began to run uh, and run and run. Um, over the course of, uh, of Dick's life, uh, which uh, he passed away a few years ago, um, they ran together. Dick pushing his son Rick in this wheelchair. They ran over 1,000 long-distance races. I'm not talking like 10Ks. They were running marathons. Uh, in fact, the two of them together ran every Boston marathon every year from 1980 to 2014. Um, they once ran a marathon, in, I remember a full marathon, in two hours and 40 minutes, giving um, Dick the, the fastest uh, time in his age category, the fastest time in his age category, despite the fact that he was pushing his son in a wheelchair. They even completed six Ironman triathlons. If you don't know what an Ironman is, it's crazy. Let's just leave it at that. It's a full marathon with this ridiculously long swim and like 120 uh, kilometer bike ride as well. It takes like 14 hours. And, and, and they did this to, this Ironman together where on the swimming leg, um, Dick was actually pulling uh, Rick in a boat for the eight kilometer swim. And, and I look at this image and there's a statue of them actually at the beginning of the Boston Marathon, the statue of these two, Rick and Dick Hoyt being in the Boston Marathon. And, and I see this image of a father's love for his son. Dick wasn't a runner before he found out how much Rick loved it. But a father's sacrifice and a father's energy in the love for his son. And it inspires me as well when I remember that this is the image that God uses to communicate with us in, in that relationship we have with him. That God chooses to use the imagery of a father, not an employer, not a master, but a father. Um, over the next couple of days, as we, as we finish up this week and I finish up my time with you in the dailies, I want to look at a couple of parables. I'll finish our time in parables. Uh, and, and here in what's known as the, the parable of the prodigal son, um, we see Jesus is, is being accused by the Pharisees of fraternizing with sinners. Eating with people was a tacit endorsement in this day and age. And Jesus has been eating with tax collectors who were traitors, and he's been eating with prostitutes who were considered unclean. And so the parable is found in Luke chapter 15. And Charles Dickens once called this the greatest short story ever written. So Luke 15, starting in verse 11. And he, this is Jesus, said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Uh, the younger son would have been entitled, in this case with two sons, would have been entitled to a third of his father's property. Uh, and so the son's uh, request for this is akin to saying, I wish you were dead. Give me what is mine now. And so the father would have to sell a third of everything he had and give it to the younger son. 
Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. Um, it's also shocking that the father actually gave it to his son. I know that it's a fictional story, but the things, these would have stuck out to the hearers of Jesus' day, that the father could have disowned his son, right? Honor your father and mother, that was a commandment. The fact the younger son did this was, was outlandish, and the father actually gave him a third of everything and let him go free. And, and, and it's, he's called the prodigal son because that word means uh, that he spent everything. He was wasteful. He wasted everything in reckless living, the entire inheritance. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs, which for a first century Jew was the lowest of the low. Pigs were completely unclean. Not only were you not allowed to eat them, but you weren't allowed to be associated with them. He's so desperate that he's feeding pigs. And he was longing to be fed, verse 16, with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Um, the pods, probably a, like a spiked pod, and, and, and that's how desperate he is, that he wants the pig's food. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. So he's prepared a speech, um, and he's preparing to go back to his father and beg, just for a life of a servant. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He figures at least as a hired servant, he'd be able to survive on the wages he earned. And he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and fell, uh, felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And his son had said to his father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Um, the son returns. He's broken. He's desperate. He's humiliated. He's got the speech plan. And before he can even uh, say the full speech, the father interrupts him. Uh, and, and in fact, the father runs out to him. And, and again, in this culture, it was, it was improper. It was, it was improper for a man to run, but he hikes up. Um, sort of his robe, and he runs out to meet his son. And it seems as well that he's been scanning the horizon, waiting for his son to return. Verse 24, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house, and he heard music and dancing. Um, there's a, a parallel here. The younger son was also in a field in the same way that the younger son was. He's out in a field. There's a parallel here. And he came to see his father. There, there's some similarities. And he called one of his servants and asked, What are these things meant? And he said to him, Your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out to entreat him. Again, there's a parallel. The, the older son is outside, and the father goes out to meet him, just as he did the younger son. The father ran out to meet him. The father here goes out to meet the older son. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came 
who has devoured your property with prostitutes. You killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. Um, it's interesting that the older son here is angry, and part of it makes sense because the ring and the robe and the sandals technically were the property of the older son, of the older brother, right? The younger son took everything that was his already, and he's wasted it. So everything that's left, the other two-thirds, all will someday will belong to the older son. So you kind of get a little bit why he's upset. But it's also interesting that, that he wants to go and have a celebration without his father. He just wants the goat to go and party with his friends. He wants nothing to do with his dad. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And the, the, the parable ends kind of on a cliffhanger where the older son is left with something of a choice. Will he go in and be part of the family or not? Will he go in and join the celebration or remain outside angry? And we don't actually know. And that's, that's actually the point of the story. We call it the parable of the prodigal son, but really it's the parable of the two lost sons. And as Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, it's really this, this, this elder son that he's trying to speak to, the one who is outside angry, who feels like he deserves. But both sons are lost. Um, the rebellious son thought the rules of his father were inhibiting him, that, that these restrictions are getting in my way, I want to do life on my own. He wanted to throw them off, but it turns out the restrictions of his father and, and the rules were actually protecting him. Um, in desperation, he goes back and with repentance seeks forgiveness, um, and there's the celebration of the father's heart. That um, he's not just sort of theologically, God is not just a judge but he also chooses to treat us as a father who loves his kids. And there's an injustice of grace that, that the forgiveness and the inheritance given, um, there's an injustice to it in the grace. Um, but there's also not just the rebellious son, there's also the religious son. And the religious son, we see he didn't really love the father either. The younger son said it outwardly and, and walked away. The older son, his desire was to, to celebrate without his dad. He wanted the father's stuff, but not the father. He wanted his inheritance, and he figured if he just worked for it and did the right things, then it was owed to him. He too just wanted the inheritance. He just tried to do it through rules and hard work. And there's a quote I came across on this particular parable where it says, the main barrier between Pharisees and God is not their sins, but their damnable good works. This, this, this attitude of entitlement that I deserve because I have been good. And in all of it, the older son actually acted like a servant. And the irony is that it's this son at the end of the story who's left outside. Both sons were lost, the rebellious and the religious. And we see the father's heart is to go out to each of them. And the father's heart is not just about the inheritance. It's about the relationship. 
the prodigal son, the one who left, needed to see that the rules and, and the restrictions of the father were actually loving and, and protecting and providing. And there needed to be a submission there. And with the elder son, there needed to see too that it wasn't just about the rules and putting in the time, but there needed to be a relationship as well with the father of loving his presence in the midst of, of the rules, in the midst of, um, in the midst of the household. And with both of them, the father yearns for a relationship. And that is the source of the celebration. And the parable really sort of forces us to ask the question, of which son do we identify with? Which, which of these poles do we find ourselves on? The rebellious side, we're prone to run away from God, or the religious side, where again, we cut off the relationship and try and just do the things that will earn us that which we desire, which is the inheritance. Instead, we need to press in and see the heart of the Father who simply wants to walk with us, to know us as sons and daughters, and to celebrate with us at His side. So we need to cut through both of those and simply sit with Him. Let's pray. God, I pray that You would show us Your heart. God, that we would experience Your love as Father. God, for both um, those of us who struggle being rebellious and those of us who struggle being religious, pray that you would show us your grace and your love and that it would all be about knowing you, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Help us to, to focus in on you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hope you uh, are having a great day and uh, we'll talk again tomorrow. Take care.